Hello and welcome to the Emperor's New Podcast, where we explore every corner of the Emperor's New Groove franchise. I'm your host, Mike Hirsch, and today I'm joined once again by Tiki from So You Want to Be an Imagineer and Diego La Camera, as well as my new special guest, Jason Stevenson. Today we'll be talking about Season 1, Episode 8 of The Emperor's New School, Goose Clone. But first, first, um, I've already talked with Tiki and Diego about this, but Jason, please let our listeners know your background with The Emperor's New School. All right. First, I want to give a little bit of info about myself. I was born in 2002, and um, I operate a YouTube channel called Jason the Cartoon Fan, where I do unboxings of various merchandise for popular cartoon shows. And sometimes I also make videos showing some of my favorite clips from some of my favorite cartoons, but those videos aren't as frequent as the merchandise ones. I consider the merchandise ones to be my main uploads and the clips as sort of filler-ish uploads. Mm -hmm. So uh, my introduction to the Emperor's New School. Um, Okay, so this one, um, seeing the show before this, but I didn't, yeah, like I didn't make a proper jump into it until I began watching the series when I got a Disney Plus subscription a week mm. after the service launched. And it became my third favorite Disney television animation show based on an animated canon film behind only Tangled the Series and Timon and Pumbaa. I've seen the series before then, but watching the series through Disney Plus was definitely a lot better way to check the series out sorry if i've been spamming the word series a lot okay. then sitting through the same 10 episodes over and over again on abc kids yeah speaking of which this episode is notable for being the last in the series to be shown on abc kids as it opened the block's final broadcast on august 27 2011 i think the show is very funny and faithful to the spirit of the original movie The latter being a trait very few of Disney's TV shows based on one of their movies actually have. Yeah. Let's sign off on that, yeah. Yeah. So, And the premise of this episode basically is Cusco Cusco is given an assignment to write a paper about his best friend. Not my best friend, your best friend. Yeah. I don't know your best friend. Yeah, there's a whole, um, I guess it's sort of like a who's on first bit. Um. (laughs) <laughs> him and the teacher about the the, the p- paper is called your best the paper is called my best friend but it's about the student's best friend not the teacher who's saying my best friends it's <laughs> it makes more sense when you watch the episode they all just have to they all just have to write papers about the teacher's best friend and that's the lesson <laughs> <laughs> oh well actually i would like that i would like to see i would like them to write a report on Mr. Banana Staircase hat. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. Cusco first comes up with, uh, makes up a friend. Um, yeah, getting Brad uh, Bolama. Brad Bolama, which, <laughs> which is a he line gets of- the idea for He gets the idea for it by looking at a bowl and a picture of a llama. And so yeah. he came up with, yep, Brad Bolama. And Brad kind of re- also. It Brad. reminds me of, it reminds me of that SpongeBob scene where Mr. Krabs tries to escape the Flying Dutchman's wrath after eating a poison Krabby Patty by claiming that he's not really Eugene Krabs, but rather Harold Flower. Yeah. <laughs> it also reminds me of the uh, of the joke from Good Early Family Guy. Yeah, where I was going to trying to uh, 
yeah, he's trying to come up with a fake name. He's like, ah, it's fuck my name. Best. Fuck she. Uh, P. Example of trope. Uh, Griffin. Yeah, Peter Griffin. There's <laughs> oh, just like a random Griffin that just flies in. Yeah, yeah that's one of the best uh, best executions of that kind of trope, and it's from Family Guy. <laughs> totally, totally. Well, yeah, uh, Family Guy used to be a really good yeah. show until around season seven or so. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> yeah, um, the, the decline was, I feel like the decline in Family Guy was gradual, too. Well, for me, in my opinion, it was kind of a bit gradual, but also drastic for me, to me. Um, I feel like I it was am. less gradual than The Simpsons. Yeah, I mean, it's it's it was like a slope that went down yeah. as the series progressed, and it started just getting worse, and then eventually got way, way worse. Yep, Family Guy is actually the show that I think has suffered through the absolute worst case of seasonal rot, oh, with yeah. the only oh, yeah. show... With the only show coming close to it, in my opinion, being Star versus the Forces of Evil. Yeah, that, that I mean, Star's got lasted. a little wonky towards the end, but I, but yeah, I hear what you're saying. And that show only lasted like four seasons. <laughs> I, uh, well, I haven't, I haven't seen the the end of Star, so I cannot comment same, on anything. Same. So okay. I kind of fell off the- after season three, to tell you the truth. Well, yeah, well, seasons one through three were really good, and then season four started out promising, but then it got really, really bad. And you know what, Jason? You might have a good point there, because season four does kind of just, like, shoot Star in the foot as far as the legacy of the show is concerned. It's like, what if the last two episodes of Gravity Falls just sucked? Um, Hey, (laughs) yeah, Um, can we get back to talking about Cusco? Yeah, my bad. Yeah, 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 we will. No, no, no. No more talking about other Disney. Let's talk about me, 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 Cusco. Yeah, our our, our hypothetical Lord and Savior is very angry right now. Yeah. Uh (laughs) Yeah, we threw up this groove, man. Yeah, so everyone, uh, the teacher calls Cusco's bluff on Brad Balama. And before he comes up with Brad Balama, he sees a banana and and a staircase and a hat. (laughs) <laughs> and when he says the name Brad Bolana, M- Molina is, you know, obviously knows right away, figures out right away that it's a made-up name. And she uh, she says, I'm surprised you didn't name him Brad Banana Staircase Hat, which is what he almost named. Yep. I love that. That joke is like super funny. It's like, that's actually my favorite variant of that trope gag, believe yeah. it or not. I mean, it's good in the SpongeBob and Family Guy examples, yeah. but Emperor's New School just blows it out of the water with that tiny bit of self-awareness at the very end when Melina's saying, I'm surprised you didn't name him Brad Banana Staircase Hat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But there's one thing Emperor's New Groove excels at, is self-awareness. Yeah. Yeah. The teacher, Mr. Malaguaco, calls Cusco's bluff on his best friend and then wants him to bring his best friend over to prove that he's real and and he does and isma comes isma makes a cloning potion yeah and he clones cusco and it was she's doing this as part of a scheme to trick everybody into thinking that the clone is the real cusco and that the Mm. clone could ruin all of his grades like make them even worse than they have been (laughs) yeah so so He'll fail the Cusco Academy, and of course, she'll become Empress. Yeah. And so Cusco, when he says, "Oh, this is this is a great thing," and he decides to bring the clone over to school and say that he's Brad Bolama, 
And of course, Mr. Malaguaco is is absolutely stunned when he finds him and points out, Cusco, isn't it weird that he looks exactly like he talks like you, he looks like you, and he acts exactly like you? And Cusco's just like, and that's why he's my best friend. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, and I love, I love the look on Kronk and Yzma's face when Mr. Malaguapo reads the paper when he's saying he doesn't like Yzma either and he also hates cauliflower which I hate too and he thinks Molina is a hottie hot 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 hottie and to spend more time with Cusco. <laughs> yeah. I think the hottie hot hot hottie thing probably wouldn't fly nowadays but I thought it was funny. <laughs> oh, yeah Cusco says that a lot. I don't think. Oh he- I'm sure he did yeah. <laughs> On the one, I think if the if the show came back, a lot of stuff would have to be changed. But you could still have Cusco be Cusco. You would just have to tone things down a little. It was a different time. It was a different time. Yeah, Cusco. I think if they brought it back, their focus would be more on him just being uh, lazy, which he. Yeah, yeah. Because you can have a character be lazy and sort of arrogant without them being like condescending to like uh, people who are have are less fortunate or aren't you know, yeah. in their same position or also being extremely sexist. You could <laughs> Oh yeah. You know, a lot of pe- a lot of parents when the actually when the show first came out, it created a lot of controversy. A lot of people said that the show's portrayal of Melina was sexist, but I honestly don't agree with that. Yeah, she fits clothes that no, she wears clothes that fit her a bit too snugly. Cusco frequently calls her a hottie, hot, hottie. An and her body is a metaphorical boy magnet, but she's also really smart. Yeah. And, and also, like, even though she does act condescending towards Cusco, I think that she does it with good intentions. Yeah. I think that I, Cusco's an asshole. So you're not supposed to, you're not supposed like, you're only supposed to root for Cusco because Isma could potentially be worse. Other than that, right, right. You're not supposed to think Cusco is like you're not supposed to idolize him as like a role model or something. And that was never what they were going for. So I don't I think a lot of people don't realize that because it well, it is technically a children's show, so having a main character, but but I think the important thing is it's always you always see Cusco end up there's always consequences for Cusco being an asshole. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. A lot of yes. people, like when it aired on ABC Kids, the Emperor's New School was branded as an EI compliant program. And that got a lot of flack too. A lot of people said that Cusco didn't really learn his lesson in most episodes. So them branding the series as being EI compl- like educational and informative compliant was not a good decision. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even though they actually did bring an educational consultant to work on the show with them, Arthur I. Pober. Yeah, and the the, uh, the lessons themselves are 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 good lessons, even if Cusco doesn't always learn them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, he does get his karma at the end, but this ain't PBS material, folks. Well, no, it's a it's I what would would you want an Emperor's New Groove TV show to be? <laughs> Super educational. <laughs> oh, no, no, of course not. I'm just saying that I kind of feel like 
Yeah, I let's just bring like... Cusco to Epcot and then it <laughs> like an all-out educated <laughs> phenomenon. The Peru, the Peru Pavilion and World Showcase. I, I honestly, that's that's the only chance we're ever gonna get of getting that beloved uh, Yzma's Lab coaster. So let's do it. Yeah, I can, <laughs> you know what? I'm listening on this conversation, so yeah, that's a very good idea. And then, yeah. and then his Twitter will be mad because it's an IP and they put it in Epcot. Oh, you're not <laughs> wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yet everyone be... loves the three Caballeros, so you know whatever. You know they Bader should. Yeah, you know I wouldn't. I don't. I don't know if the three Caballeros or the Emperor's New Groove are particularly. I'd argue are particularly good representation of the culture. No, they're well. The, the former maybe, the latter definitely not. <laughs> yeah, because. Because, well, for one thing, and I'm pretty sure in both originally, every one of the main voice actors were all white, and I know that are almost all white except for Earth. Not for Caballeros, for, for Emperor's New Groove. Maybe. Yeah, the Emperor's New Groove. All the cast yeah. except for Earth the Kit uh, in the original movie is white, and uh-huh. most of the cast in the TV series is white except for Earth the Kit. So yeah. But, and also, you know, yeah. it's not remote, even remotely historically accurate. I mean, there's references. <laughs> right. Because Mud Mud Hut, the authentic South American dining experience, now at Epcot. Yeah. Uh, you know, that was also another major complaint that teachers had when they were doing that because there was actually an entire report that was published evaluating the educational content in EI compliance shows. And they pointed out that the show that Emperor's New School missed out on the perfect opportunity to teach kids about actual Mexo-American culture, which, you know, I, I, I guess, but you know, that's I, not the show's intention. Yeah, that's not that, that's not that, that's not the franchise intention. Yeah, that's not important. Like if it were an original series and they were arguing that maybe, but the uh-huh, source uh-huh. material was not was never I mean no one got up in arms about the source material not being authentic. Enough, I mean some so people like... some people have and they're entitled to especially if they're from that area. Of course, of course, area, yeah. It wasn't this phenomenon of people um uh being upset about it. Right. There wasn't and I don't feel like there was for the show because I feel like the show is kind of almost a blip. Like, there are some people who are upset about it, and there are some people who just don't know what to think. It's, uh, and there's some people that don't even know the show exists, which is yeah. what we're here to uh, to counteract. <laughs> yeah. It's well, not like, it's not like, uh, you know, it's not like an animated uh, adaptation of a story that actually, uh, like, you know, it's, it's not, not like, like a biography. It's not like a right. biography of someone. It's not, you mean, exactly. Pocahontas. <laughs> Oh God! Oh Lord! No! Oh boy! Um, Let's not get into that, though. Yeah. No, I I firmly agree. He wants to pass the clone off as his best friend, and everyone, you know, everyone's like it. He looks just like you. And then Isma captures Cusco, and the clone ends up doing her bidding. Yeah, he he does all of the stuff Cusco does, but he does it badly on purpose. Um, Do they? I like when they were doing the clip of the of them playing dodgeball, and then he's just standing there when yeah. all the balls are being thrown at him, and the gym teacher is like scratching her head, like super confused about it. Yeah. <laughs> did you know that the teacher was voiced by Candy Milo, yes, aka Snap from Shock Zone? 
Yes, and she. Oh, really? Oh, wow! Nice. Follower nice. of the podcast Twitter account. Mm, nice. Um, man, Chong Soon was such an underrated show. Back for the record. Um, yeah, um, because of ABC Kids, I've seen the episode so many times. I can recite entire parts of it verbatim. <laughs> yeah, we should probably talk about the the whole Principal Amzi stuff and the. Oh my! Okay, I I love. Posing as the principal, I think that is so fun. I I love it to death. And that her, and that her, and that her alias is just her name backwards, right? <laughs> yeah, I like that. I think that that's funny too. Like you know, Isma is like really good at coming up with all these schemes to get rid of Cusco, but yeah. when she had to come up with a good alias, uh, alias or alias or however it's pronounced it's for yeah. her teacher alter ego, she's all like, nah. I'll just put my name backwards. No one will ever know. <laughs> no one and the ever. only one who Except genuinely does that doesn't every know character Kronk. on the show knows. Except, Except Kronk. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, he eventually kind of gets yeah, wise towards the end of it. Towards <laughs> the end of the show. Yeah, but that the, for the first like season um, up until the last few episodes. But then he pretends yeah. And then it's revealed that for the last few episodes, he pretends he doesn't know. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Well, I like it. I like this particular version a lot because I like it because he's all like, how do you know? The-? I don't know. I like this. I like this particular variant of the gag because he's all like, because he's all like, well, if you're Ams, if you're Isma, then who am I? And so he rips off his clothes because he thinks that he's hiding something underneath them like Isma is. Because she we- Isma wears her normal clothes underneath her teacher outfit, and then she's in underwear. Still, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, I like that. And then when they do the whole pull the lever crunk scene, he doesn't even want to because he's because he's only in his underwear. Think everyone in the Empire has underwear with Cusco's face on it. But yes, um, except Melina. It's probably a pre-main mandate. Melina, yeah, I don't want to think about Melina with that, but everyone else, it's probably a pre mandate for the men. Yeah. Um, with Cusco's face on them. Okay, two things, two things that I want to bring up here. Can we just uh, can we just talk about uh, give some appreciation for Patrick Warburton sneaking around music? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I want sneak, 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 sneak. hide. Yeah. And uh, I got this. Look. I got this. And he looks in the window. <laughs> and then when he actually, and then when he sees the two old dudes walking past by him, I forgot what they're. I know one of them was Rudy, but I forgot who I the other one was. He was going uh while they were walking past him. Yeah, like it, it's like in the movie. Like he put an abrupt, he put an abrupt pause to his song by just going uh. <laughs> and it happens in the movie too. Yeah, um, yeah. But oh. he has a pot on his head. Oh, hey, uh, <laughs> hey, Peter. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Hey, Peter. Oh, hey, I'm the on a Disney movie now. The key to being Joe Sl- Swanson impression is you have to say Peter. Peter. Hey, Peter. Oh, wait. Oh, and I also, I also like in that episode, Kronk is denies that he has anything to do with Cusco being cloned. And he's all like, 
guys know like I know Isma. Yeah, like, yeah, I'm that's like, great. I don't that's keep great. track of every little thing she does. And then Molina's all like, "Oh yeah, where is she right now?" And then he's just counts down. Well, let's see. Ten thirty. She's got a nail appointment. And no, and ten 11. is hair. Ten thirty's nails. Oh, okay. was that? <laughs> How she? Have, she maybe she maybe it's a wig appointment. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> oh no, no. Oh man, man, this episode is like, okay, would you like me to give me my thoughts on this specific episode? Yeah. Yes. Uh, okay. I think it's the second best of season one behind only the Bride of Cusco. Most yeah. episodes oh. from season one of Emperor's New School tend to follow the same basic formula. Yeah. But this is one of the epi- one of those few episodes of the season where the formula is kind of twisted up a bit. By the second season, you have full episodes where there's no like potion at all. Eventually, yep. And then there's the entire the uh, the one episode where Cusco decides that he doesn't want to do his own show anymore and he wants to star in like other kinds of shows. That that just seems like something Disney television animation has done with like all their shows at some point. I know, right? An mm-hmm. episode that's just parodies of other TV show genres. Like Phineas and Ferb did it. Gravity Falls had a short about it. Um uh-huh. Possible did it. Wander Over Yonder, I believe, did it. Nice. Didn't Dave the Barbarian do it too? I don't remember. I honestly have not watched Dave the Barbarian in a very long time. <laughs> Same. I, I mean, I could watch, probably find it on YouTube or something, but it's not. It on is YouTube. not on the plus. Yeah. Well, it is, but only in India. That's. Oh it. really? Oh wow. Yep. That's random. And they call <laughs> back to the going back ways. They call back to you know in the movie where she's like, "I bet you weren't expecting this," and she lifts her skirt up. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a good callback. We have a similar thing where she opens up her lab coat and the potion spray is in it and crumbles okay. out. As for the reason why I like this episode so much, the jokes are all delivered at an even better pace than usual. The stakes are at the highest they ever were until the season one finale. And the moral of the story, your true friends are the ones you earn, is presented in a way that manages to sound sincere without being condescending. Considering the bond Cusco was formed with Molina and Kronk in the seven episodes leading up to this installment. Yes. Um, yes. It's actually one of the very few episodes in which Cusco actually learns his lesson. I think it's like the first time in the series where Cusco actually learns his lesson. And, and I, I like that about it. I think there's a couple episodes that seem like they're like the previous episode, the big fight segment and Machu Picchu seem like they were supposed to be in flipped order because this is irrelevant to the episode we're talking about, but the bully in the last episode, in the episode before this one is introduced in a later episode as if it's the first time you're seeing him. Yeah, because Emperor's New School actually aired out of production order. Yeah. Oh no, that, oh, that's, that's always a little rough. <laughs> well, it doesn't really affect this show too much because okay. continuity isn't really that big of a thing in it. But that yeah. one the characters it, will it, pop it up makes like a huge difference because there's the whole up because this episode is the whole episode where Cusco learns not to make fun of Cavo is actually set after the episode where he's making fun of Cavo. So it's not like he's making fun of Cavo again and he learned nothing. It's just right the right order. It, it makes a lot more sense in a way. I mean, it's, yeah, uh, but. You know, if you were to like, if you were to go to Disney Channel and watch like a few episodes, like they air, 
you know how for some TV networks, they air episodes of the show like in any random specific order? It's one of those shows where you can do that without being lost on it. It's not yeah. like... Yeah. It's not like if, oh, let's see if Gravity Falls had the episode where di- like where Wendy says that he does she doesn't have the same feelings for Dipper as she he does for her after like no before like after an episode where Dipper already knew that and after <laughs> the episode where he starts developing feelings for Pacifica. It's, I mean even even DuckTales, even the new DuckTales has a lot of continuity like that. Not as strong as Gravity Falls, but it, it's there. Like yeah, well, you yeah. know like yeah. I'll, I'll take a couple weeks off of uh, my DuckTales podcast, let my co-host run it, and then I'm like, wait, did I miss something? Yeah, the great thing yeah. about this show is it's epi- this, there's just the amount of continuity that's necessary for it to make sense and there be little Easter egg. Like, there's references to other episodes occasionally in the show. Sure. And I feel, yeah. like they, I feel like they riff on the gags of the movie quite a bit, which I appreciate as such a big fan of the movie. <laughs> Yeah. Well, they did that during season one, but towards the end of it, it they start developing the, the show starts developing its own gags uh-huh. that end up being used a lot in season two. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, a big a big um actual criticism of the show in general, and I assume these people haven't seen every episode, but I mean, if you don't like a show, why are you, why would you watch every episode after you figured out you didn't like it? But um, a big criticism I hear is people saying, oh, they're just using jokes from the movie over and over again. Hmm. It's like, in the first season, yeah, they kind of are there, but whenever there's not a joke that is a rehash of a joke, it's a pretty funny joke, and in the second season, they start to get, do their own, the second season focuses a lot more on developing the actual characters, I think. Exactly. And you would only know that if you watch the show all the way through. Yeah. Yeah, and Which I'm was, such was, a like I did. I, I'm such a sucker for the jokes in the movie that I don't even mind them repeating because the way I see it, it's kind of like they're just riffing on the jokes, and those jokes are so damn good that I think that they uh my argument, they can be riffed on. My argument is it's like a Phineas and Ferb thing where oh yeah, totally, totally. The charm is just the repetitiveness, and they'll uh come sometimes they'll poke fun at the repetitiveness too. Like in a later episode, they pull the lever and all these different things that happened in previous episodes happened there like that already happened that already happened that already happened mm-hmm. uh, oh and don't forget the episode where Kronk finally figures out that Yzma and Principal Amsey are the same and he's all like oh yeah it happens in every other episode yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, great then, that's great and then at, yeah and also in this episode well, when when so we should probably talk about the Cusco Mambo Oh yeah! Oh yeah! That's a great song. That's a great song. I love that One, song. That was probably written by uh, Danny. Danny Jacob, Jacob. I imagine, oh. because he writes wrote most of the songs for the show and would later go on to write most many of the songs for Phineas and Ferb. And, and then nice. they call it back in a they call it back in a sad way at the end of the episode too. Yeah, yeah. He's in. He's like before we get to the it, the whole episode opens in media res, which is. I don't consider that a running gag. I consider that a recurring theme, rather, um, where it opens in the middle and then goes back to show you what happened. Right, right, yeah. Like a joke that seems like a plot uh, element of the story. Or so he's in the dungeon, and but before that, he's like, before we get cut to break and get to meet the part where I'm all sad and in the dungeon, let's sing this song. And he's like, 
every time I flash on screen, you say Cusco. And then at, when we come back from the break, he's humming it sadly as he's <laughs> all up. I him. like that. It's, it's cool. It's just good. The jokes flow by really well in the show. Well, not yes. just in the show, but also Emperor's New Groove, the movie. Well, yes. And mm -hmm. <laughs> that's why I loved Emperor's New School so much. It's like the most faithful to an anime like it's they have disney show based on one of their movies that's as close to being faithful to the movie as it can be which is something that a lot of the other ones aren't really able to do like yeah. for the aladdin tv series you know like instead of it being like a high-speed fast-paced comedy with some adventure in it the aladdin tv series is like a straight-up adventure show like action yeah, yeah. and then for and then for, you know, Timon and Pumbaa, well, actually, that one's okay because the show, that show's not the called show The fits Lion the King tone series, of the it's characters. called Timon. And then, yeah. And then, for, uh, and then for the Little Mermaid uh, one, uh, you have uh, that, uh, just to reference Escape from Vault Disney, that uh, that Crab Experiments episode. So, uh, <laughs> oh, man. Um, my, my buddy is and actually... Sharks and... Um, what actually, I, uh, the episode where uh, Sebastian becomes a giant <laughs> Little Mermaid series is really weird for a yeah, it is. It, oh, god, Micah, you, you remember actually, Rob from, that, the, uh, from the last episode? Yes, I recorded? do. He's yeah, he was actually the one who uh, to escape from Walt Disney. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> he was the one that brought that to Goldmark's attention, and I'm glad he did. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, oh, for that one, I would say The Little Mermaid would probably be second in terms of it capturing the spirit of the original film in terms of, like, overall storytelling. But it does have songs in it, which is unique. Yeah. Tangled. Mermaid's interesting because it's, like, it definitely fills in a lot of the lore and a lot of Ariel's backstory and stuff. I mean, but all at the, the same time, it's got those, like, weird, like, crab experiment or dinosaurs or, you know, like, there were dinosaurs in every Disney television animated series. It was the 90s. I mean, there are to this day dinosaurs in every Disney <laughs> television animated series at one point. The 90s Thank goodness Meet the Robinsons never got a TV show like they were originally planning on doing. Because, you know, you can only have that T-Rex, that talking T-Rex, so many times without that joke getting old. Meet the Robinsons is a really good movie, but yeah. it kind of felt like it was the pilot for a TV series that never came to be. Yeah. Because the movie didn't do so hot at the box office. It was I mean, sort of in between uh, regime. Uh, well, it was in between like management things and it sort mm -hmm. of. Yeah. It was like right as um, the guy was starting to come into the studio and change everything and fire Chris. He who shall not be named because he did stuff that me no likey. <laughs> yes, many think one thing worse than the other. Uh, lots of uh, it's uh, every Pixar villain essentially, which is pretty uh, much, pretty much. The world's longest running comedy music concert series is coming from inside your house. <laughs> wow, <laughs> that went to a dark place. <laughs> Virtual MarsCon 2021 is taking place online for free on March 12th, 13th, and 14th. Hi, MarsCon. 
This year's event will have live stream performances by The Great Luke Ski, Devo Spice, Worm Quartet, Insane Ian, TV's Kyle and Lindzilla, Il Nage, Beth Kinderman, Tom Smith, Throwing Toasters, Amy Engelhart, and AMA interview with Ookla the Mop, and this year's music guest of honor, Robbie Ellis. We'll also be doing a virtual Q&A with the man who has been playing drums in Weird Al Yankovic's band for over 40 years, John Bermuda Schwartz. Drum for info on how to watch, go to MarsCon.com. And for info on the comedy music track, go to MarsConComedy.com. And uh, do watch out for flying lobsters. Thanks for listening, funny music fans. And I hope to see you all at Virtual MarsCon 2021. So one of our guests, um, Jason, uh, has to go. So oh. Jason, um, do you have some final things to say and anything to plug before you leave? Oh, yeah. So like I said, really good episode. You should really check it out. Um, if you have a Disney Plus subscription, get on to watching this show ASAP. Yeah. Um, if, especially if you love the movie as much as I do. Emperor's New Groove is actually like one of my top five favorite Disney animated canon movies. And what's surprising about it, like the good thing about the show was that it was one of those shows that I wasn't really into when I first checked it out. But I really got into when I gave it a second chance. There have been a couple of other shows that I could say the same thing about, like Gravity Falls or Steven Universe. Yes. But Emperor's New School is like the main one for me. So because, you know, for this one, um, it start because I wasn't really into it when it was like the same episodes repeated over and over again on ABC Kids. But yeah. then when I got to Disney Plus... I checked it out and there was like, hey, this is actually good. Like being able to watch the show all the way through. Okay. So make sure you guys check out my channel. And until next time, hopefully I can appear in another one of your guys' live stream and hopefully I won't be cut short. So we were talking before about um, running gags from the movie. Um, I thought we should mention this episode features the return of the bug and the monkey. <laughs> yes. Nice. Yes. Oh my God. That's, that's wonderful. And, Wait, what's with the chimp eating the bug? Yeah, and I, I don't know if this was intentional or not, but it just whether it was an accident or intentional, it's a, it added a, a little detail to the depth to the world. Um, Melina calls it a, a monkey, which is you know correct. It's, it has a tail. It's clearly not a, a chimp. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I thought that was if I don't know if that was intentional or not, but it, it, if it if it, it it makes sense for the character that she would correctly identify what the animal is because she's uh smarter than Cusco by like a lot <laughs> uh can we also just acknowledge how cool the uh the lab roller coaster is and I love that they get stopped by a train that has like all these other components to the lab that are getting transported yeah. into different sections and then at the and then at the end Bucky is at the end of the train because whenever Bucky's not on screen everybody has to go where's Bucky of course <laughs> Bucky, I have to go. My planet needs me. <laughs> I mean, I will say, though, I've been watching through uh, Disney's Dinosaurs, and uh, I love it. It's it's an amazing series, but that baby character is getting under my nerves a little bit, man. It's like, okay, Disney, I get it. You had a marketable, you had a marketable star on your hands, and you're going to shove him down our throats. I still love the show, but uh, but Bucky, I don't feel that. You know, Bucky, I just, I feel like he... He yeah, kind of has just enough screen time. He, to he does. He it does seem like they put had to made sure to put him in every single episode, though. Which I'm not which there are some characters like there's even episodes that don't have Isma in them, but will still have like Bucky in them. 
Well, I mean, episodes that don't have easement in them. I mean, that's that's just depressing to think about. (laughs) Some of the best episodes, um, but they aren't about Cusco. See, if it's an episode about Cusco, easement has to be in it. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. But there are episodes where they explore, like, Molina, uh, they develop Molina more. and Gotcha. Those episodes usually uh, have less easement in them because... Isma is Cusco's enemy, and basically Melina's enemy is herself. Um, <laughs> which I guess Cusco's enemy is also himself, but he has two enemies. What if What if Melina's enemy was voiced by uh, Julie Newmar? That would be funny. <laughs> uh, what Melina's enemy should have? They should have had Melina have an enemy for some reason, and it be voiced by Adam West. Oh God! And then uh, have uh, Adam West and uh, Patrick Warburton. Just in this in a scene, just go go and like. Adam West was oh. always in the movie. Oh, and they oh, recorded his movie? lines, oh. but they ended up cutting them. So we could have had wait. a Dis- we could have wait, had a Walt. Wait, Dis- I, I never knew this. Hold on, oh. like what, what what role did he have? He played a character I think named Mochi. Oh my like god! A conspiracy theory nut or something oh. who kidnapped who captured. Was this the, like during the Kingdom of the Sun era? This was or in was the middle. Oh, okay. This was when it was like mm-hmm. Kingdom in mm-hmm. the Sun. It had like three titles. Um, oh God! Okay. <laughs> and Cusco, a lot of more time of the movie was spent with Cusco in the village, and uh-huh. he was one of the peasants in the village, and he had a conspiracy about Cusco or something and kidnapped him and took him to his lair where all his minions were just a bunch of scarecrows that had like fallen over on the table. You know when uh, what's it called? You live your you live long enough to see yourself become one of your own villains. Yeah. Yeah, it, it would have, but we would have had a movie with Bat- Batman and Catwoman in it if that had happened. Oh my god! Uh, <laughs> I mean, a movie. Yeah, because yeah. we, we still we still do Batman, have a, the Catwoman. We have an animated the, movie with uh, Adam West and Julie Newmar. Yeah, I was gonna say so. I think. Yeah, the the Batman, the nineteen sixties Batman movie was a different Catwoman uh-huh. in that movie. So this would be like. Like I just think that's funny. Um, and then they there's this a, a bunch of elaborate booby traps they set off after they try to after Melina and Kronk and Pacha rescue Cusco. And then Isma's at the end staring. Oh at my them. god, this is like, this is wonderful. I, I was dying over this exchange. Where do you think you're going? And then <laughs> everyone stares at her. Like, well, where do you think you're going? It's like oh, we we thought it was a rhetorical question. <laughs> I was watching this at work and I was laughing so freaking hard. This is my this is the funniest part of the episode. <laughs> yeah. Just they're able to get right past Yzma just by being super casual with her. Yeah. <laughs> so, um I don't know if I have much else to say. Um I think it was a solid episode and I honestly think it was definitely a step up from the other two that I uh, that I talked with you uh on the last time I was here, Micah. So uh, I'm enjoying the show, definitely. Um, I'm not quite caught up on it yet, but uh, you know, I'm enjoying what I have been seeing on it. Yeah, yeah. I've been I've been really enjoying the show. So thank you so much. Thank you for all yeah. coming on. Um, um, do you all have anything to plug? Uh, yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, well, I have a Patreon at. Uh, uh, Patreon, uh, DL Pictures, and uh, yeah, 
Uh, yeah, you all can check out can check me out at uh, So You Want to Be an Imagineer on YouTube. We do geek culture podcasts that are kind of uh, with a slant towards Disney, but we cover pretty much everything like geek culture related. Animated series. Indeed, indeed. Um, tonight at midnight, uh, midnight Eastern, we're going to be going live with our February edition of Movie Memoirs, which is our monthly show where we just break down every movie that we saw, uh, you know, both new release and catch up. As, so as we're recording this, this episode will probably be out tomorrow. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. It's <laughs> okay. Well, watch movie memoirs in the backlogs. I recommend it. It's, yeah. it's a good it thing. It will to... still be there. Yes, it will be in the backlogs. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But yeah, seriously, uh, geek culture, uh, Disney, I'm your back. So you want to be an imaginary. All right. And, and uh, it yeah. was good meeting you too, Diego. Thanks. It was good meeting you. Stay tuned for the next episode. I hopefully have something very special planned. And now, a a previously recorded outro. (laughs) And you can find me at Microhirsch on Twitter. I also make animated cartoons on YouTube through the channel Fireblast Studios. If you like my work and want to support me, you can pledge to the Fireblast Studios Patreon for early access to videos, behind-the-scenes footage, and more. What's his name?